Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Hi there, and thanks very much for joining us. Coming up on this episode, we're going to celebrate the Imperial Hotel's new green credentials, and we're going to talk about essential oils, of all things. But we're going to begin with Christmas. That's right, we can talk about it officially now because we're past Halloween. It's the time of the year when people start thinking about their biggest dinner of 2022. The six and a half week journey we have got between now and Christmas Day and preparation is in full swing for the more organised amongst us. But somebody who's incredibly organised and who has been working on this for a long time because she's going to provide a lot of us uh, with the main source of food on Christmas Day is Denise Healy of Healy's Free Range Turkeys. How are you, Denise? Hi, Jonathan. How are you? I'm very well. Lovely to talk to you. Now, I'd like to clarify, I am a consumer of turkey. I am not a grower of turkeys. I'm not sure if that's the correct phrase or not, but you are. No relation. Uh, How did did you get into this? Um, So I I initially started with my mother and father because um, it's a family run business and it's going back over 50 years, I suppose, really. Um, So I caught the disease from them. And uh, when I got married myself and I I moved into my own house, I always had uh, some poultry. Um, So I always liked having my own poultry and my own eggs. And and then I developed into the turkey, the turkey business. Um, so it's kind of by default I'm in it really, it's, it's word of mouth more so than any advertising down through the years. So that's how I built my business. Okay. And um, the motto that I work off of is if I, if you know, I, I just prefer to have my business small so that I can manage it myself. And I don't like to lose the personal touch first. Um, I think the personal touch is very important in small, um, you know, local businesses really, you know, um, there's no point in, in, in doing thousands of turkeys and you're not knowing your customers at the yeah. other side and you, you don't get your feedback, you know. So well, I, I, look, when you get feedback from people, you know you're doing the, the you, job well, you're, right. Yeah, exactly, you're doing it right. And, and word of mouth is very important. But like, I would consider one turkey out the back uh, to be a chore. Uh, and I know you're, you're not talking thousands, but how many have you got? Um, so usually I have around the 1500 mark. Um, that's kind of my, my limit. And I'm uh, quite happy to do that amount. This year I'm just after... Uh, curtailing it a little bit just um just because of the year that's in it it's very on 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 steady year really um with the way the markets have been and the costs of of um producing them is going through the roof with ration prices and things like that so i couldn't guarantee my prices and there's no point in producing something that you can't get um you know that you can't just even break even on you mm. know so i just curtailed my uh, my business just a tiny bit this just year a, just a smidge so. just a smidge um, but uh, obviously the big concern right now uh, we have the cost of living crisis which we'll get to but it is bird flu uh, and it's you, bird flu. you are yeah. free range turkey producers so Absolutely. you you've had to make a difficult decision in the last week or two haven't you Yes, yeah. Um, like it's something that's actually coming in an awful lot maybe in the last three years. Um, you know, I suppose before that it wasn't really a problem because it used to come in after Christmas or whatever. But it's becoming a little bit earlier and the birds are on the move a little bit earlier. Um, so the wild birds. So that makes it a lot harder for us, um, you know, trying to kind of keep an eye on our, ho- our own flock here at home. Um, I actually kind of started locking up last week because... I saw some um, seagulls in around our place and we're not near the sea. And when you see seagulls coming inland as far as us, it's always a sign there's a storm out at sea. So the, the seagulls and, and seabirds are, are 
you know, known for spreading it, you know, so, um, so you, I would be very vigilant. You, you were prudent and you brought, birds are around you at brought the time, your you know, birds in, so. absolutely. So they're all inside. So are you still able to call them free range, even though you've had yes, to bring them in? once they're out in the range, um, like it's kind of 72 days for the life of a turkey to be on, on the range, to be classed as free range. And they have surpassed the 72 days because when they, they go out when they're about four weeks old, when I get them and I get them back in July, so they have been out and, um, you know, they. it's much easier to rear turkeys when they're out in the range because they're more satisfied and things like that. I certainly don't want to be locking them up because they, they get a bit aggressive to each other when they're in a confined space, which right. is, you know, human nature for everyone. I'd prefer to have them out if I could, but this, um, this bird flu is an act of God. I can't do anything about it and it's something you can't prevent, you can't... Yeah. Um, you know, vaccinate against or anything. So it's something we have to run with. Yeah, we just have to live with it. Now, you, you are getting them ready. They're, they're literally fattening up right now. When when does the unpleasantness begin? Well, the unpleasantness, the goodbye ceremony starts around the... Um, I usually kick off around the 6th or the 8th of December. Um, again, depending on what help I have to um, to help me at Christmas time. It's, it's a family-run business, so a lot of the family members are dragged in to help out. Um, but I also need a few outsiders to kind of help out. Um, and I suppose because it's a seasonal business, it's, it's getting harder for me to get staff. Um, I used to always kind of get, um, you know, kind of school going kids, school age kids, you know, um, kind of third year to, to sixth yeah. year, you know, that age group, um, 15, 17, 18 year olds that would like a bit of pocket money. But um that doesn't seem to be happening at the moment. Everyone seems to have too much money and not wanting to work. <laughs> oh, come here. I've no, <laughs> I do, a I, complaint, I, I suppose. I, I don't know any teenager who turns money down, but it is, it's, it's, it's a particular type of work. Um, so w- when are you finished? When do you send out the last parcel? So the last parcel, I, I kind of do a collection um, uh, service here at home for um, my, my home orders. I supply butchers as well, but for my home orders, Collection days on the 23rd or the morning of the 24th. So the last turkey leaves around 12 o'clock on the morning of the 24th. And then my Christmas starts. Yeah, and, and can I ask a very personal question? I hope you don't mind me yeah. asking. What do you have on Christmas Day? Oh, 100% turkey. Okay, so the, the fact that you... <laughs> it isn't you Christmas. Do- and I, I have tried, let me tell you, I have tried everything else bar turkey for Christmas and it isn't Christmas without a turkey. Right, okay. So it's the tradition here and um, even the kids have kind of kicked up, when, you know, if there wasn't turkey. So it has to be turkey. <laughs> and fair play to that. Have you identified the Healy family turkey this year? Is he, is he walking around outside he's, now? No, he's still walking around, yeah. Um, so he's yet to be christened, but uh, we'll have a naming ceremony there now in the, in the next couple of weeks and I'm sure we'll find we'll find someone looking for us. Uh, he'll, wonder, <laughs> he'll wonder why he was getting so much he attention. Will, he will. <laughs> um, I what is the website if people want to look you up if they want to get so their hands Healy's on a quality turkey? So it's Turkeys. Um, so yeah, we're taking orders at the moment. Um, trade is actually very strong this year, which uh, you know I'm delighted with and, and I'm a little bit surprised at. Um, so I'm very, very happy with the way things are going at the moment. Okay. Um, so it's a new website that I got done up and uh, we're taking deposits online as well. So if anyone wants to have a look at our website and see the pictures of the farm and things and how we rear our turkeys, so it's, it, you know. It's Healy's Free Range Turkeys dot IE. Dot IE, that's Brilliant. right. Denise, yeah. uh, very best. Look, thank you so much for it. And uh, is it a bit early to say happy Christmas? Probably not. Not at all. Happy. We'll start. We'll be the first to start it. Happy Christmas, Denise. <laughs> happy Christmas to you. 
Now, staying with Christmas and moving on from the dinner, a lot of people are buying Christmas gifts already. My next guest is hoping her Christmas gift sets will appeal to shoppers. She's had a bit of a career pivot because she was working in communications for a long time, but now she's gone out on her own to make candles using essential oils. Paula McGovern of Wizard and Grace Essential Oils. How are you? I'm good, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on today. Um, As somebody who works in communications, I would be terrible at making candles. What brought you in that direction? (laughs) I suppose it's been a long time in the works. Like anything, it didn't just happen. So I suppose I um, I studied communications in DCU a number of years ago now and uh, went into journalism and then from journalism went into charity communications. Uh, but all the while, I suppose, you know yourself the the, the type of work um, that is and it's fairly full on and, and very enjoyable but fairly stressful. So all the while, I always had my holistic kind of pastimes in the background. So I did a lot of yoga, I did a lot of, meditation I burnt an awful lot of candles and I suppose um, I've always been interested in sustainability and natural products and I thought I was burning natural candles um, because it said so on the box sometimes and then I realized um, actually it was after I had my my, my girl about four years ago um, that I my sense of smell just went into Robocop territory <laughs> I could sense I could smell a synthetic fragrance a mile off all right uh, perfume all of those sort of things. I just, I'm not allergic, but I just became very aware of what's, what's a fake fragrance and what's an essential oil. Um, I have been working with essential oils. I would have made my own skincare for, for years. Um, so I would have been really familiar. But I also, you know, I, I also bought candles. So, uh, you know, it, it, it was just a shift around that time. Okay, I, I, hang on. I'm fascinated by this now because I, I, yeah. I the smells uh, occur in my house. Some of them natural, most of them brought in. <laughs> um, but I, I, I wouldn't yeah. be able to tell the difference between a synthetic smell and an essential oil smell. They they all kind of smell the same to me. How how do you tell the difference? Um, I actually I I I don't know the ins and outs and the technical element of it. I suppose because it's just very much ingrained in me. Like I know. I, I suppose I just know, I know this, I suppose with a synthetic fragrance, um, it usually it's a much more stronger and overpowering scent. Um, so essential oils are that bit more subtle. I mean, they're still potent and they're very, um, they can be very strong, but I suppose it's like the synthetic fragrance would always pack more of a punch, but it's not a punch that I think that... Uh, you know, that, um, it, 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 it feels like a punch as opposed to uh, <laughs> yeah. what you want. So you, you decided then to do your own. But again, like, w- w- where do you start with that? How do you decide what sense you want to add? Well, I suppose I went looking first, to be honest, for an essential oil candle um, and thought I found ones, but I didn't. Um, but it, it's just not really a space. It's 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 even though the candle market is quite saturated, there aren't that many like fully or essential oil natural uh, products only candles out there. So as I like, I was making my own skincare anyhow. So making balms, um, it's quite similar to making candles. So I just started researching it. Um, I do like my little bit of chemistry and and you know in in the background, it's kind of like a little pastime, and it always <laughs> has been. So um, I know it's quite different to doing like uh, media and comms, but um, I suppose I just was doing it myself for a while as a hobby. I was giving them then began to give 
gift them out to family and friends for Christmas. Very handy. Um, and then getting really positive feedback. Well, and well, then you I realize suppose, at some point, like everything else, well, how you should be charging for this? These people are getting it for free. Um, but I, I know, <laughs> I'm looking bit, at the yeah. website right now. You've got some brilliant names on them. Uh, Driecht, Mishnach, Bandia, uh, Kinsale gets a mention as well. H- how do you decide <laughs> which name goes at which cent? Well, what I did, I suppose I started with this, the, the quality first. So um, I suppose one of the things I wanted to create as well was a very design-led and contemporary look to the candles. Because again, a lot of beautiful candles out there with this very minimalist aesthetic. But um, there's people like me who like a lot of colour. So I um, I wanted to create something that was that was quite vibrant and natural, but vibrant. Um, so I suppose I started with the quality that I wanted. So say, for example, the Courage Mishnach candle. Um, I, I looked into the what would be the best essential oils that would, you know, instill that sort of courageous warrior spirit. Um, and then I obviously had to blend them, though, to make sure that they came together. So each of my four intention candles that are up on the website has taken a, well over a year to get to the right formula. Um, and with that, uh, once I started making the candles, I suppose I started with soy wax because it's ready, readily available plant-based waxed. Then I realized when I began to research, there's significant sustainability issues about using soy wax. Um, it's causing like serious deforestation issues and social justice issues in South America and origin countries. And I, I just couldn't use it for that uh, reason. And I began researching then more sustainable uh, alternatives and found rapeseed and coconut wax mm was a really good one to okay. use and it can be locally sourced. So I suppose all the ingredients are really, really thought out, even down to the wicks. Every candle has a different wick because it burnt, the oils burn in a different way. Well, see, so pa- there's a huge amount of testing. Paula, this is, this is where you and I would be different. If I set this up, <laughs> I wouldn't have gone down the sustainability route at all and I'd have designed them to burn as fast as possible so they'll buy another candle. <laughs> you're, you're much better at this than I ever would be. Uh, but I'm presuming you have to do that as well. You have to make sure that you, you give a product that lasts a while, but you want them to come back and buy another one. So how long should each candle last? Uh, well, the candles are 180 mil, but they last for 45 hours. And that's because the rapeseed wax is a slow burning, uh, low heat wax, which is perfect for the essential oils because essential oils, you don't want to overheat them. So it's uh, perfect for getting a really good hot throw, which is a really nice smell in your in your room. And um, so, so yeah, but and what I want, really want to give is a really quality candle that people will really enjoy burning and I suppose I do have a mind coming from the background that I've come from in the corporation and uh, journalism world is that I want to give have something that people can use as a bit of a well-being moment for themselves Mm. I think we're all rushing around um a candle is a very small way of just incorporating that bit of self-care that you can see it even just to see it will give you a little moment of calm yeah and then to light it in the evening and just that sort of sense of ah I'm coming around to it myself slowly but surely the philistine that I am <laughs> is coming around to the idea that these things are actually a good addition to the house now of course I, I have a problem that I've identified here you set out on this wonderful journey to leave the rat race behind you and, and communications mm-hmm. and journalism and to go into this wonderful world of, of making these beautiful essential oil candles but now you're actually a startup business and it's probably resulting in you working harder than you ever worked before I mean you must be going through a fortune of candles at this point are you oh my god it's unreal like i mean it is i mean i suppose look i um yeah starting your own business is 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 a big endeavor and it's full on and there's no nine to five so yeah there's a lot to be said for uh, 
a, a steady income and a regular job. But look, I mean, I love it. I absolutely love it. And it is kind of true. The, you know, I know it's a cliche about, you know, if you love what you do, you're not working. I mean, look, it's long hours, particularly coming up to Christmas. I launched in September. Um, I've got into a lot of uh, independent retail shops around Cork, which is amazing. And I'm branching out now. I've got my first um, shop up in Leitrim, where I'm from originally. And, um, and and there's a lot of interest now. And then obviously online orders and fulfilling those and getting the, the brand out there and getting that awareness about the ingredients of candles out there as well. Because I think people see four euro candles and think, well, why are yours so much more expensive? But I suppose mine are mine have only got essential oils in them mm. and it's 12 and a half grams in each candle, but really good wax and okay. really good quality materials. But um, but yeah, it's 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 full on, but it's it's good. I have to say the website is lovely. Wizardandgrace.com is the website yes. if you want to have a look at it. And there's lovely gift sets which would make a lovely Christmas present. And the, as, as Paula says, they're in various different shops as well. Paula McGovern of Wizard and Grace, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate the time. As the world's eyes are on COP27, here in Cork, a lot of businesses are investing in their green policies to ensure that sustainability is at the top of the list. One of those is the historic Imperial Hotel in Cork City Centre, who've invested nearly €400,000 in a sustainability programme for the last four years and has paid off because they've recently won a prestigious award in the Fifty Shades Greener programme. Christina O'Sullivan is the Green Manager at the Imperial. Hiya, Christina. How are you, Jonathan? Lovely to talk to you. I mean, it's Fifty Shades Greener sounds positively seedy, but I'm guessing it's not. Oh, it's an absolutely fantastic um, organisation, fantastic programme. Um, Ra- Raquel and the team have just been so supportive over the last... When we started um, the Fifty Shades Greener programme last year, Jonathan, um, and since then, um, the difference that it's made um, within the hotel, just having that structure, um, just to, to work towards um, goals and things like that, Jonathan, it's been brilliant. Now, you have to say that the hotel is old. We know that. It is historic. It has always been dolled up and you've always done bits and pieces. But what have you done that's made it greener? It's, as, you, as you said there, it's, it's a historic building. It's over 200 years old. Um, I suppose with the help of, of Raquel and the Fifty Shades Greener Programme, Jonathan, we um, we put a structure in place, first of all, just to, to see what we, like, what we could do. Um, like the the program is just about about doing that really and and like measuring um like our our usage within the hotel but like I suppose sustainability isn't just about that like but just in terms of of carbon emissions and and things like that um it was about measuring and observing first off um which is really really important and and I suppose getting that that benchmark to to work from and and work towards goals mm. um did did it help you target so, your investment then Christina so if you knew what was taking up a lot of power or what was not environmentally friendly did that help when it came to putting money back into the hotel Absolutely, absolutely. Like you, you do. Um, you you invest in a completely different way, Jonathan. I think you, you you have a plan and and somewhere to go and 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 like achieving achieving those goals at the end of it um, is is a reward. Um, I suppose it's not just about um, working sustainably; it's about looking after the, the the building as well, and 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 I suppose investing in it for the for the future, um, Jonathan. You know, um, so. 
like I suppose we looked at our, our energy and our, our waste and our water, um, our waste and, and water straight off, um, we found um, like a huge difference um, following um, Raquel's program with Fifty Shades Greener. Um, I suppose like we reduced our, our waste and our, our water significantly. I think we've reduced um, compared to 2019 figures now. I think that, um, our figures this year we've reduced our waste by 50%. Um, Jonathan, which is which is yeah. a real, I mean, that, real significant that, amount. That's yeah, really impressive. Absolutely. And I know that you guys are obviously big on food, um, and, and you've been working really hard to source local food and produce. And and the customer understands and and respects that. I'm presuming because not only are you bringing in stuff that's grown locally you can stand over it and it's normally very good quality stuff absolutely i think um being from being a hotel in in cork city it's it's an advantage straight away um i suppose cork is known as the the food capital of ireland really like isn't it um we like we really promote um like it's really really important to us here to to source locally foods and and produce as well um jonathan um, and the and the cost the customers like it has a knock on effect and I think all over Cork I think Cork is a great place for food um, Jonathan in terms of that um, like the the English market on on our doorstep I suppose the sketch um, like is inspired by the English market our bird cages and and I suppose Ali um, Honor now has just come on board with us um, she's the new executive chef here and she really really embraces sustainability and. And sourcing sourcing her food um, as much as she can locally. Like our menus change um, almost every day, um, Jonathan. Just to you know, just so that the, the yeah. food is fresh and, and locally sourced. And, oh, no, and it's uh, all you, about giving can, back to the community as well. Isn't exactly, it, you, know? you, you can really tell the difference. And um, can I just ask you? Uh, we we talked about turkeys earlier in the podcast, so we're we're close enough to Christmas that we can say Christmas <laughs> now without getting into trouble. Uh, I remember last year you did a really fantastic job making the hotel look very festive. Is it underway already? Oh, absolutely! We have our decorations, um, Christmas trees up, and and you know it's it's so beautiful. It really, really is this time of year, isn't it? In, in Cork and anywhere around Ireland. Um, yeah, we we started already. We we're going going for it, um, Jonathan. I think people it lifts people's spirits, doesn't it? Really, this time of year, um, having the the festive season to look forward to. Oh, well, well, we have a long run in, but we do enjoy it. Christina, congratulations again on uh, your activities to make the hotel as green as possible, as well as historic as possible. Christina Sullivan, financial controller, green team manager at the Imperial Hotel on the South Mount. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks, Jonathan, for your time. Thanks a million. Bye. And that's it from this episode of Red Business. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, to, as always, to all of our guests. Don't forget, you can download every episode right now from redfm.ie. And that's where you find our video series with thanks to Cork's local enterprise offices as well. Fiona Corcoran was the producer and we'll catch you on the next one. Get the Red Business Podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts.